Attention Northwest Arkansas businesses and talent seekers. Introducing OnboardNWA.com, your hyperlocal job board crafted for our unique community. Struggling to find the perfect match for your job openings? Onboard NWA simplifies the hiring process, connecting you with the region's top talent through tailored talent matching solutions. Whether you're an employer seeking expertise or a professional looking for your next opportunity, Onboard NWA is here for you. Discover more at onboardnwa.com and let's build the future of Northwest Arkansas together. Hello, Northwest Arkansas. Randy here, bringing you a quick word from our sponsor, Signature Bank of Arkansas. Since 2005, Signature Bank has been all about empowering our community with local ownership and top-notch banking services. Signature Bank's roots run deep with assets over a billion dollars, and they're right here in your backyard with branches in Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, and now including Harrison and Jonesboro. With a growing family of more than 200 teammates, they're ready to serve you with the warmth only a true community bank can offer. And they've got Banco C, the first bilingual bank in Arkansas, to ensure that banking is for everyone. So give Signature Bank a call at 479-684-3700 or visit Signature.Bank online. Mention you heard about them on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast for that personal touch. Signature Bank of Arkansas, big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. It's time for another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast covering the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life in general here in the Ozarks. Whether you are considering a move to this area or trying to learn more about the place you call home, we've got something special for you. Here's our host, Randy Wilburn. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I am excited today. I am here with none other than Tyler Clark, the executive director of the Single Parent Scholarship Fund of NWA. Um, Tyler has been involved with a number of philanthropic organizations here in Northwest Arkansas. And as I was talking to friends and, and most of you that have been listening to this podcast for a while know this, I'm constantly looking for interesting and engaging and exciting people to bring on this podcast. And so who 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 better to find than than Tyler and, and and a mutual friend introduced us and I am so appreciative of that individual and 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 I thank him so much for for making the introduction not just to Tyler but to several individuals and maybe one day I'll have to bring him on the show but 
nonetheless, I'm sitting here uh, at a round table in Ty- Tyler's office, and uh, he was so kind enough to meet with me. And, and so, Tyler, how are you doing today? Hey, Randy, thank you so much. The privilege is all mine to, to be with you and to speak to your listeners and to share my thoughts on what's going on in philanthropy and the history of Single Parent Scholarship Fund and the, the mission that I love and the work that I do. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Well, tell, tell us a little bit about it. Are you, are you a native? Uh, I am the rare Arkansas? species of Northwest Arkansan, yes. Are you really? I am. I grew up in Springdale, actually. Oh, um, you're a bulldog. I am a bulldog. Red dog. Let's be Red very dog. specific. <laughs> yeah. Be very specific. You know the story about that, right? Maybe I don't. About how the bulldog um, the mascot came to be and why Fayetteville and Springdale both have the same mascot. I do not. I, I should know. So they played to a tie. They agreed. Okay. They agreed that whoever won the game would get to keep the mascot. Okay. And they tied. Wow. Yeah. Fate had it. Fate, a football game. It's yeah. a true story. Um, it, it happened years ago, and I actually had a chance to speak at Springdale High School to their engineering group. Uh, they have a, a, an amazing program for, for right. young kids that are going that are going through STEM and yeah. engineering, and I got a chance to speak to them, and somebody shared that story with me afterwards, and I was like, wow, that's that's really interesting. That is rich so, history, of yeah, course. It is. And the revelry began. Yeah, obviously. exactly, so. exactly. So that's why we have two bulldogs right, right next to each other, which kind of creates some confusion. It does. But it that, does. you're the first person I've ever heard say red bulldog. Oh, yeah. yeah red dog, so, for sure. Red dog, it's yeah. actually so, absolutely a sense of pride of of being from Springdale and, and watching this region grow. Uh, I uh, in my mid to late 30s and, and have, have been privileged to watch Northwest Arkansas really expand uh, culturally. Uh, it's region focused. You know, when I was a kid, you know, uh, 540 didn't exist or 49 didn't exist. Um, and there was truly a difference between uh, driving to Bentonville and, and it was a trip. You know, it wasn't you had to go uh, truly the back roads, if you will to reach the, the area and Walmart wasn't the phenomenon it is today. Um, so to, to see everything kind of come to the fruition it has now is pretty exciting. Uh, to do the work that I do now is, is very exciting too, but to see some of the hometown thing grow and Springdale specifically like the Jones center, um, and, uh, Tyson foods, of course, and the revitalization of downtown Springdale, um, is, is very exciting. So, um, proud to be a, Northwest Arkansan and uh, proud to always advocate for those values of, of what makes Arkansas special, uh, but also makes the uh, the community welcoming and uh, so philanthropic. We were talking about that off air a few moments ago of what a special uh, way we had to look at giving in Northwest Arkansas. And that really began, I think, with, and uh, me at least, with my parents, um, who instilled that, that philanthropy looks different for everybody in different ways, but it started in church for me. Uh, I grew up uh, uh, in uh, Church of Christ, Robinson Avenue Church of Christ, and the, the way that we viewed philanthropy at that time uh, was to give back to your church, uh, whether it be through tithings, through uh, service, through uh, different, different ways of, of giving back, and then uh, volunteer service, of course. And um, before I was able to drive, I was actually volunteering at the Jones Center for families when they first <laughs> opened. So my mom would drive me in the summer so I could volunteer in the television studio or computer lab just to, uh, because at that time, the, the Jones Center wasn't fully staffed. So um, that's really what got me started on this path. And uh, I wouldn't have it any other way, actually. it's It's been a blessing. That's awesome. So yeah, I you know, it's so funny. I, I um I always have this conversation in my head about in life, I mean, do you want to be a giver or do you want to be a taker? Right. And I think the givers always went out in the long run. Sure. And, you know, you can only take but so much. Right. But the, the your giving can can extend beyond 
your even your lifetime. Absolutely. And you know, you brought up the Jones Center, uh, the Jones Trucking Line family, and and I've heard stories about them, story oh, yeah. upon story upon yeah. story, and their their level of giving and generosity is is uh, historic in this area. And so, uh, as you were saying to me off air, they almost planted the seed for what giving looks like and what philanthropy looks like in Northwest Arkansas. I'd love for you to talk about Yeah, that. I mean, if you as a, as a Springdale kid, I remember uh, that uh, Harvey was already passed uh, in, the, in the early 80s, but Bernice uh, Jones, Mrs. Jones, ensured that every uh, classroom in Springdale School District had a computer. And that was revolutionary in the, in the mid-90s, obviously, uh, an expensive, expensive endeavor. Yeah. Uh, she would help remodel schools. She would help uh, make sure schools had air conditioning, uh, which seems like a, a, a fallacy now, right? Yeah. But, uh, you know, there were some schools that just didn't have that capacity. So um, and what really started with their philanthropic activity was when Harvey, uh, who wanted to be a doctor when he was a kid, uh, wanted to help create a medical system in Northwest. Arkansas, Springdale specifically. So he served as the first chairman and helped raise money for the first Springdale Memorial Hospital. And so that's where their philanthropic activity began. And then um, after his retirement and sale of the Jones uh, trucking line, that money went into a trust, obviously, and then begat the philanthropic activity that started uh, really uh, somewhat after Harvey's death. So um, Mrs. Jones bought back the Jones truck line property and redeveloped that with the help of trustees and other community members to make uh, the original plan was to make the Jones Center a YMCA, believe it or not. And um, but she had a problem in the very early beginnings of um, some kid looking from the outside in. They had traveled to a, a YMCA in Kansas, I believe. And I don't know if you've heard the story or not, Randy, but um, a child was literally looking inside the um, YMCA from the outside. And she asked why he was. And they said, well, the fees were um, – he wouldn't be able to uh, to come into the program. And she said, well, then I want to make my program for free. So um, obviously uh, not as sustainable as as we would hope over over the years that have have come, the 20 years since the Jones Center has opened. But um, that was revolutionary for the area. I would love to give tours to people that would come into the Jones Center. Uh, And after I volunteered, I eventually worked there uh, for several years in a couple different capacities. But to tell the story of the origins of the Jones family, family. They didn't have children, uh, had nieces and nephews only. So they felt that the community was their children. Mm-hmm. And they gave, gave this huge gift, not only of the, the Jones Center, uh, the recreation center, the pool, the ice rink, and all those type of things. They redeveloped part of the, the uh, program and facility of the, the Jones truck line to serve nonprofits and give nonprofits rent-free uh, office space. And what that meant for the community in Northwest Arkansas uh, was... Uh, a complete gift because uh, reduced rent, uh, which allowed them to focus on on services to re- to their clientele. Yeah. So what you see is this this uh, up uh, this this bar being raised by by this ninety year old woman, and then um, who was who was very um, kind and reserved and and but uh, would approach others like the Tyson family, John Tyson specifically, uh, uh, about how they can contribute back to the community as well. And I think she applied the right pressure in her way <laughs> uh, at her kitchen table, oftentimes over coffee, tea, and some cooking 
Rockies about how to uh, better the place that they they called home because yeah. she was a Springdale Springdale girl grew up uh, in uh, West Springdale uh, at the uh, Young Farm and you know saw the need and was a visionary and um, I doesn't get as much credit as she obviously deserves, I think. And, and alongside her, the walkers, uh, the Walker family, so um, Pat and Willard Walker. Okay. Yeah. Uh, who were friends with the, the, Jones, the Joneses. Um, and of course we know Pat or we know Willard's com- uh, connection with the, the Walton family and, and being one of uh, Sam's managers. managers right? yeah. Correct. Okay. And so you see the Tyson family, the Jones family, the Walton family and the Walker family really come to the surface of setting the bar for philanthropy in Northwest Arkansas. And well, I would even go beyond Northwest Arkansas. I would say in Arkansas, the region and the, the, the nation. And, you know, you got got to realize this is the time when the Gates foundation wasn't, wasn't around and Warren Buffett was, was a wealthy man, but wasn't money wasn't coming out of, it wasn't really a time of, of giving money away. It was more about what can, what can uh, companies and families do for themselves. Yeah. You know, I've read just uh, uh, recently when Mr. Ross Perot passed away about how philanthropic he was. And I think that some of those things are really undervalued in uh, the generation, the greatest generation, is that they believed um, that they kept a lot of the money that they earned because of the scarcity of, of resources because of the, the Depression, but have been so generous in their time since their passing and, and so forth and so on um, that they have set the bar so high for future generations. So, just like the Jones family did, the Walker family did, and now the Walton family is doing, is really changing the way we look at philanthropy across many sectors, whether you be a nonprofit professional or even just a lay person who is giving part of their money away. Right. And, um, you know, we have so many opportunities now to, to give money through GoFundMe pages and, you know, uh, crisis uh, situations with, with – um, Gosh, earthquakes and floods and right. such. Uh, we're kind of inundated all the time. Yeah. Um, but what 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 they have done is laid that groundwork of of really ensuring some stability for nonprofits in the Northwest Arkansas region who can really do some specific good and have some measurable outcomes that make the region one of the best. And you know, I always take um, some offense. I'll be honest. When people from around the state may say that Northwest Arkansas is paved with gold and milk and honey, <laughs> and you know, I always reiterate. You know, we still have high need uh, for um, lots of services for our recipient for our, our recipients, but for people who uh, truly truly need us. We know that one in five kids go to bed hungry every night in Northwest Arkansas. Yeah. Um, poverty exists as much here as it does around the state. So where we do have the, the privilege in a lot of cases um, to make a difference, we do have the, um, the goal for us is to really address those things head on. Yeah. And I think that is the dichotomy that does exist here with regard to you have you know, as I as I told somebody being here, and I've I've told several friends from other places, and I've grew, I've I've lived in some very well to do places, and and there there are a lot of extremely affluent people here in Northwest Arkansas. 
they don't wear it on their sleeve. Right. They're they're very you know they're very circumspect as far as that's concerned. But sure. it seems like for a lot of people that their heart is open to give and to and to share as much as uh, that they've been blessed with and right. that they have. Right. And I think that says speaks volumes. And I'm not saying that that Northwest Arkansas has cornered the market on this. I mean there right. are other parts of the country. It's just that when you look at these this four city area between the the sandwich with the top of the bun being Bentonville mm-hmm. and the bottom of the bun being Fayetteville and everything in between, including Springdale and Rogers, you've got such a it's it's just interesting what you have here. And it's it's a microcosm, it if is. you will. And when I go to a national conference um, about with nonprofit professionals around the the nation, people always ask where you're from, of course. And and there's always this oh from Arkansas, you know that's always. Um, the the loaded question or loaded response and right. you know it's all my response obviously is well it's the northwest arkansas corridor uh, home of uh, the walmart uh, jb hunt tyson and that that really kind of heightens their interest exactly. and then i talk about the philanthropic impact you know randy you mentioned um a lot of philanthropists walk around and you don't realize how wealthy they may be. Harvey Jones wore overalls every day of his life. Yeah. And, um, I've heard the stories of Don Tyson. As oh, absolutely. Well, so. The khakis. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, there's, there's <laughs> there. It, it's, it's, it's a lost art of sometimes in some cases that, um, there's nothing wrong with showing your wealth at all. I think that's, that's, that's part of the part of someone's opportunity or privilege to do so. But there was a certain, uh, flair for, I think, catching people off guard. You know, if, if, if a salesman came by Jones truck line to talk to the owner, the CEO and Harvey would meet him with grease covered overalls and like, I'm the dude that makes the decisions. Right. That's, that's pretty impactful. Right. It is. And, and, and shifts your, your mindset. So, um, and, you know what I've seen at Tyson and Walmart too, like Doug Doug McMillan, and and now uh, uh, um, the CEO at, at, at Tyson is that these these men and women throughout the organizations have worked their way up, and you know Doug was a cart pusher for gosh sakes, and so what you see is is, is that opportunity for. Um, uh, reward in, in those those companies. Unfortunately, you know, Jones Truck Line closed and sold, um, and then Sun Oil went bankrupt after that. But uh, it'd be interesting to see kind of what uh, Jones Truck Line would be be like today. You know, know. Yeah. obviously, I, I would probably be as much room for JB Hunt in the market. So you know, one begat the other. So uh, which has become such a important transportation hub for for Arkansas and the rest of the nation. So. Uh, one had to, I think, end for the other one to begin. To begin, yeah, and 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 certainly, I think they laid the foundation. Oh, absolutely. That, that uh, the, the foundation that Jones Trucking Line built was the is the foundation that JB Hunt sits on now. And, so. and if, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Harvey was one of the first investors uh, into JB Hunt. So, which is not surprising. No, at all. it's not. And it's so, so funny because I talked to. Uh, we've had. I know. I know you know Philip Taldo, right. who's a Springdale yeah. native, and and. Um, uh, I didn't realize the governor went to to yep. Springdale High School. Did. So, uh, but I, that's the other thing that's always amazing me that it, there's just so much connection. Oh, absolutely! Everybody knows somebody that knows somebody. Right? It's like, oh, I know this person. Oh, you want to meet this person? Or you right. want to talk to that person? Right? Here in Northwest Arkansas, and and again, as I was sharing with you before, I, I we started recording is part of the reason for me creating this podcast was to create paint a picture. For what anyone could expect coming here for the first time, right. or what people could learn about that already are here. Correct. Because what I've started to be told by many listeners is that, wow, you shared something with me that I didn't even know, and I'm from here. Right. And that right. to me is like, that's like the biggest 
a pat on the back sure. that I would ever take Absolutely. because that means that I'm doing my job and that I'm unearthing some of the information that I think is valuable to people that they should be aware of. And um, I've always told, I've always used this comment: "It's a pitiful frog that doesn't praise its own pond." Mm, absolutely, yeah. You, you got. If yeah. you don't talk about your own backyard, then I mean, all absolutely. hope is lost. You know, I think there's a there's a lot of. I don't, I'm gonna get a little political on you, and I won't left or lean left That's or right. Okay. That's but right. you know, I think uh, with uh, it started with uh, locally, uh, Mayor McKinney. Uh, now, uh, the former mayor of Springdale, you know, that city pride, you know, you had um, uh, former mayors of Springdale, of, of Fayetteville that had that city pride that completely own, uh, even st- what Steve Omack was, was mayor of, of Rogers and, and now Greg Hines. And you've got a wonderful mayor in Springdale and, of course, Lionel Jordan here in Fayetteville. You've got uh, these uh, city councils and, and these leaders in the cities that, that are so prideful and don't infight. Yeah. And I think that is so important yeah. that you're not jockeying for uh, even the chambers of commerce. You're not jockeying for, for you know, they, they, they're competitive. Let's, yeah. not, let's not lie. But um, they are respectful about what strengths are in each city. And I think that is something that is refreshing. And I think you don't find that probably in a lot of places and around the nation. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. And, and you're right. Um, when I lived up in the Northeast, specifically up in the Boston area, I mean, it was people were very territorial. Mm-hmm. Um, you find that a little bit in New York City with the boroughs as well. Absolutely. And so, but you don't see that here. Right. It's like, uh, Bentonville, those are my brothers up there. Right. Springdale, those are my sisters. Rogers, I mean, it's the same thing over and over again. And so these are, it, it, it is certainly refreshing. And if anything, I think people could take a lesson um, from what 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 it what folks are trying to accomplish up here in Northwest Arkansas, and so. I think that the benefit of that is, Randy, is that because each city, each each area has its own focus, it has its own heart, and uh, that is the the beauty of of Northwest Arkansas and the region. If you think about kind of the five county region too, you got to think of kind of what the uniqueness of of uh, you know from over even to Madison, Carroll County, uh, Boone County, etc., even down to Crawford and, and Sebastian. Uh, there is such a um, uniqueness to all of this region, and it is a destination for people to visit, live, play, and grow, if you will. And, um, you know, people often ask, I live downtown Fayetteville now, and people often ask, don't you just hate Bikes, Blues, and Barbecue, and all, you know, <laughs> Fayetteville, Fayetteville home games. And I'm like, this is the beauty of Northwest Arkansas, is that um, uh, people come, enjoy, and they leave. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, uh, or they stay, which is also great, too. Yeah. You know, what I want to emphasize to people if they come uh, to get engaged, you know, uh, if you, if you move here to work, to, to work for a large company or even a small company, um, don't hide in the shadows. You've got to get engaged. And, uh, for us to continue to grow in a, and especially in a diversity type of way, we've got to, uh, and, and it goes both ways. Obviously those who have been here for a while or forever. And those who are new have got to come together to, to really, uh, build Northwest Arkansas up, uh, continuously for us to to be successful. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And that was the mistake I made. And so I'm telling anyone listening to this, if you move to Northwest Arkansas and put your head in the sand, you're making a mistake. Yeah. I mean, Tyler is putting it out there plainly. And I'm going to tell you the cautionary tale is simply that, man, I felt like I lost a couple of years mm-hmm. that I could have really benefited. 
partially because, you know, I was just on the road. Right. And a lot of times when people get hired at Walmart or Tyson or J.B. Hunt, some of their job uh, job description requires them to get on a plane and go elsewhere. Right. Um, but now that I'm, I'm really kind of focused or hyper-focused, if you will, on Northwest Arkansas, it's, it's as if... Uh, you know, I, I, I'm brand new and people are welcoming, welcoming me with open arms. Right. And that's the really cool part about it. But again, my one piece of advice to anyone thinking about coming here. And if you're already here and you're not doing anything, OK, it's time to get off off the chair yep. and yep. get active because there's so many opportunities, um, whether you were helping out Ty- Tyler and what he's doing here at the Single Parent Scholarship Fund or helping out other nonprofit organizations, helping out your local church joining the rotary, figuring out ways to to just kind of give back. Because in doing that, when you make it about others, eventually you are able to meet some of the needs that you you may have on your plate as well. And I think I I really believe that. Yeah, and so I agree wholeheartedly. That's why I'm that's why I'm doing this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's what it's all about. It's it's a dot connector, right? And you know, if if we continue to stay in the same uh, circle of friends in the same same region if we don't get out of our our norms then things aren't going to change obviously yeah. um and uh there was a, a great um recently the northwest council talked about quality of life obviously that's part of the, their their job description and it was kind of about singles moving to northwest arkansas and how do you really kind of connect with people and and besides the work bubble that you're in and it's really trying to engage in different things yeah. and you know if you live in bentonville go south if you live in fable go north right. you know so uh, try to find those those great things and um we have the opportunity to, especially in the nonprofit sector, to connect people with boards and, and different things right. uh, to um, put them put their skills to good use, uh, but also you know maybe connect them in a different way that they they haven't been connected before. Yeah, you know, and a perfect example. Uh, just the other night, I, I got to participate in a program that Rogers Lowell Chamber of Commerce is doing called Vision One Hundred. Because their concern, and not really a concern, but it's just being proactive about what do we do when Rogers Lowell area becomes 100,000 people, right. which it will be in the next 10 years. Wow. And uh, I know, right? And so I was invited up there by the CEO of the Arkansas Arts Academy, which is uh, Mary Lee, and right. really great woman. And she she um, she sponsored the program, and it happened at the Rogers Arts Academy location, right. there, that beautiful great facility. facility right there on Poplar Avenue there in Rogers, right near the downtown area. And, you know, I, I went up there. I mean, I live in Fayetteville, but I went up there just because I wanted to learn more about what other people are thinking about this area and what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I was amazed to see that there were several people from Fayetteville in the room. Sure. Right? Like, I mean, again, they don't necessarily technically have a dog in the fight, although they do. They do. Right? We all do. And yeah. the thing is, like, it's not the city borders, the county borders do not hem us in, right? No. Robert Frost said, you know, good fences make good neighbors, et cetera. <laughs> you know, take that any way you want to at this point. But uh, there's different uh, versions of, of what he meant by that. But you've got to truly, I think, move out of that comfort area. And where uh, you mentioned earlier that your kids went to, to Haas Hall. Right. And, you know, what a, what a unique melting pot of, of, of opportunity there um, to to connect with with different folks because of just the the uh, different locations they have, obviously, mm-hmm. and uh, what we see and that wasn't an opportunity you know we had 10, 15, 20 years ago in Northwest Arkansas. Um, so the 
uh, I guess my point my point is is that for, for anyone that's looking to to expand that that opportunity to to learn more about some somebody different is just to step out of that comfort zone. I know it's easier said than done, but um, you know I think that podcasts like this and other opportunities um, give us the um, permission to do so. And I think our listeners should take advantage. Absolutely. Absolutely. So to switch gears here a little bit, cause I'd love to just learn a little bit more about your mission here at yeah. the single parent scholarship fund. Tell us a little bit more about that. I mean, obviously the name says everything, right? But, right. but why don't you give us just kind of your, the, the cliff note version of, of, uh, what, as we said earlier, SPSF, what, right. what, uh, the SPSF of, of Northwest Arkansas, what, what are you guys doing here? You know, it's, um, Unique to have a nonprofit that actually speaks what the mission is in its in its name, so we're we're lucky to have that. But we did start 35 years ago, okay, uh, in 1984, uh, with the mission um, to frankly help single moms who were struggling to pay rent, to pay utilities, um, and there was a essentially a, a survey or a, an understanding that that it seemed like most single moms that were struggling at the time had challenges because they didn't have a post-secondary education. And a group of very strong-willed volunteers got together to raise a small amount of money um, to help um, about eight single moms uh, go to school, 300 bucks a piece. Uh, and then there was a group for Washington County and a group for, for Benton County that did the same. They did 250 Washington County did 300 and their begat uh, Single Parent Scholarship Fund in Northwest Arkansas. And we ran for 15 years without staff. Hmm. It was completely volunteer-run. Um, by had their own 501c3, but you had a board president and a board vice president, and it was a completely um, unique opportunity for um, the board members to 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 raise money and then select the scholarship recipients. Okay. And at that time, the focus was purely on post-secondary four-year degree education opportunities. Uh, and then after that 15 years, we hired our first staff member. Uh, we were able to get more substantial funding from the Walton Family Foundation uh, to give us uh, an opportunity to really focus in on fundraising to raise the amount of the, the tuition, the, the amount of the scholarship because tuition was continuing to increase. And then to find more resources, grants, um, foundations, et cetera, to actually help us bring in more money to, to be more sustainable, obviously. Mm -hmm. And 35 years later, we've given $6.5 million away, wow. uh, to 9,500 recipients. Um, the mission has expanded to, of course, include, uh, men, um, uh, and women, uh, because single dads are out there as well. Yep. And the focus is, is again, to move um, those single parents and their families out of poverty into prosperity. And how we do so is by providing financial resources, a scholarship at their school of choice. Uh, that is a uh, approved institution. We have 30, uh, 24 approved institutions in um the area, so, and that includes everything from a welding program um, to cosmetology to a master's degree. So we really kind of run the gamut of, of what we can do here at the Single Parent Scholarship Fund to really assist uh, single parents, whatever their journey is and where they are on the spectrum of, of help. What makes our program unique is that um, our program director um, assists our recipients in addressing the financial need by taking advantage of 
uh, Pell Grants, other scholarships that are available, and they use our funds, the money that we give them each semester, to pay for the expenses that are going to occur when they're in class. So to help them pay for gas, to help them pay for a car payment, to help them pay for rent, utilities, those type of things, things that may get in the way or the success of actually completing school. Because if, if you could only imagine, you know, having maybe one or two kids trying to work part-time or full-time and then make ends meet while, while having a full class load, it's just uh, almost impossible. So uh, for full-time, uh, we give $2,000 per semester. Uh, so that's $6,000 a year. Per, part-time is $1,000. And then we also have for non-traditional students, so for our professional certification and allied health, and those are really programs that are short lived, but career readiness. So think of allied health as like a CP, CNA, a certified nursing assistant, excuse me, or a, a uh, x-ray tech, mm-hmm. pharmacy tech, those type of, of in, those, not entry level because they're, they're quite skilled, um, but frontline folks. And a Dental hygienists? Yes, those okay. as well. Um, vet tech, uh, welding, truck driving, um, uh, gosh, refrigeration, repair, those type of things, those journeyman type things. Um, we help pay for those as well um, through our through our program. Uh, sometimes it's a one-time scholarship of $2,000. If it's just a professional certification, let's say like a business certification, it's $500. Okay. So uh, very flexible in, in those opportunities to apply. Um, for the scholarships, we we base the traditional scholarships on traditional um, semester application period. So right now, today, we are in application uh, interview time. So uh, applications were due on June the fifteenth, and so we're in, we're in the process of interviewing all of our recipients. And everyone everyone reapplies every semester, if even if they've received an award previously. New people uh, apply and interview with a panel of, of volunteers to, just to really kind of check and, and see if they're what their process is, uh, when what they're ready to do uh, within their careers, when their college degree is finished, what their plan is, if they're having any extra challenges, uh, and then what resources they might need, what we can connect them with. Mm-hmm. So if they need maybe some behavior health counseling, maybe they need some um, more child child care vouchers. You know, the most expensive, um, costly venture we run into uh, with our recipients truly is the cost of child care. Yeah. Is outrageous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, secondary is probably housing. Housing cost in Northwest Arkansas uh, is still mostly affordable, yeah. but uh, in the major cities of Springdale and Fayetteville, you know, you see still high rent, and so many of our recipients have to live uh, out in the in different rural communities. So their transportation cost is high. Uh, if you have an older car, obviously it's hard, it's a cost to maintain that. Um, so we're, we're helping people buy tires often, you know, replace brakes, those type of things. Um, and what we're doing, uh, Per year is about 120 recipients, 120 folks uh, on average. We have about 27 to 30 graduates per per year gradu- graduate the program. Um, our retention rate is quite high. 85% of our recipients uh, finish the program um, and then have an average GPA of a, a 3.3. Uh, we require them to hold a 2.5 to maintain funding uh, from us, but uh, many go beyond that or even higher. Uh, 
And uh, I always get the question of, you know, how many men do you have on service? That's always a question. Right now we have two uh, out of the 120, but uh, that continues to fluctuate as the, the need grows. Um, average right now uh, per household, we have one child per household. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you see kind of nationwide, households are shrinking a little bit. Um, we have the youngest recipient is 19. Our oldest recipient is 64. Oh, wow. So it, you know, truly runs the gamut. Uh, the 64-year-old is a, a grandmother that has custody of her grandchild. So uh, just trying to help uh, make ends meet uh, as she as she uh, got custody of the grandchild. Wow. So okay. you, know, you really kind of see that the whole the whole process there, if you will. W- what what we've seen in the last 35 years is a is a second a second generation change. So follow me with this, if you will. If, if you see a, a single mom or dad working very hard and you're maybe not motivated as a child to go to college, but you see your your mom and dad working hard to, to, to really make a better life for you, you're likely more motivated to, to seek that post-secondary education yourself. So in our 35-year um, history, what we're seeing is the encouragement uh, of our graduates uh, to encourage their kids and then grandkids to seek that post-secondary education. And what that means is the cycle of poverty is broken. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what, what the process, this process started as is to really address that, that cycle. Um, you know, no matter someone's circumstance in our program, uh, we re- review their application, ensure that they, uh, are set up for success. Um, we know that uh, a plan is 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 got to be in place. So you, you know, desire is is one thing is great, right? You got to have the motivation, but then you also got to have the plan of you know who's going to take care of your kid when you're in class. How are you going to? What's the transportation structure look like? And we're here for that process, right? Right. We want to be be here for that process, but also, uh, are you choosing the right degree? Uh, is it something that's going to pay you livable wages? So, r- right now, uh, average recipient uh, is making fifteen thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. when they come on service, and that includes um, childcare vouchers, SNAP benefits, and housing. Um, assistance from the government. And when they leave our program, the first two years are making 35,000. Wow. So, um, they're buying homes, they're buying new car, they're buying a car. Um, so they're really lifting themselves and they are, they are doing it themselves, lift themselves out of poverty by working hard and, and doing this important work. And what is interesting for us, Randy, is that we get to partner with so many other organizations. I have the philosophy I've, I've been in place for two years, but my predecessors have too, is that there are other organizations that are doing good work as well that we can connect, connect people with like EOA, Head Start, um, CCOA, Credit Council of Arkansas, um, Magdalene House, all those great organizations that are doing some, and there's so many more, trust me, 2,500 other nonprofits in the area that are doing great work, Boys and Girls Club, uh, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, that our recipients have the opportunity to take advantage of because we have those resources to connect them to them. And that is uh, what has been an important mission focus for us. We haven't strayed from that mission from day one and will continue to focus in on uh, getting access to people to, to post-secondary education. And uh, and that changes all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, what we're looking now is at coding academies now. They're so popular where coding jobs and, and the region's uh, biggest companies pay very well. 
Uh, they're oftentimes just need a certification and they're on the job training. They're looking for talented people uh, who have drive, who may not necessarily be tech savvy, but, but are willing to learn. And those jobs are, you know, paying sixty, seventy-five thousand dollars a year. And uh, so what we're what we're looking at now is kind of meeting some of the demand that other employers have. The labor market is very tight in Northwest Arkansas. If you want to be employed, you're employed. Yeah. Um, but some people are very much so underemployed. So how do we how do we move them from the underemployment to um, full employment or to their full capacity? So that's been the exciting part over the last two years for me, but also for the organization for the last thirty five years. Yeah, it seems like as you as you describe everything that uh, Single Parent Scholarship Fund does, you guys are almost the grease mm. that keeps right. the machine going. Sure, and and you're able to provide insight you're able to give instruction you're able to educate and right. and and help the the folks that are coming through your program to really you know it's not necessarily Horatio Aljo where you raise yourself up by mm-hmm. your bootstraps because I don't think anybody ever does that right you guys are lending a helping hand sure. to help people rise up to their true potential absolutely which to me is exciting and, and people have that potential you just need to 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 Oftentimes, what we see is is uh, sometimes they've been burdened by just the financial issues, or they've been told they're not worthy of um, other other people's time, effort, uh, other people's um, ability to believe in them. So uh, part of that is that rebuilding of someone's confidence, and that's why those interviews are so important that we have with the recipients. Is that you know you walk into a room of strangers, four people, and you're kind of intimidated, but then you're getting back warmth. Uh, you're getting back advice um, that is um, truly in your best interest. And uh, what you see is people coming out of those interviews truly levitated because they have heard that they're worthy. They heard that they can accomplish this goal and they are supported. And what I also appreciate about our staff at, at Single Parent Scholarship Fund is that when the phone rings, they're ready to help somebody. Yeah. That That is, they come ready to work every day um, to move that needle and when someone needs the extra helping hand, you know, we, we oftentimes have recipients that, that need more time uh, to complete their degree or need more, you know, need a listening ear because they don't have anyone else or um, are stressed out because finals really stink um, or, you know, they're not getting the help they, they had from their, their ex or whatever the case may be. Uh, that support is there. I like the, the term being the grease in the wheel because there are so many opportunities here uh, to help people in Northwest Arkansas. Um, and we know that this probably wouldn't work as well in other places because yeah. some of the resources aren't there. You'd have to probably have a lot more financial support based here. But what we're able to do uh, with this with our organization is we finished a campaign uh, two years ago to build an endowment, okay. a $3.5 million endowment that will actually fund yearly one third of our scholarship, one third of our scholarships. So uh, what that allows us to do is uh, then with corporate support, uh, foundations, grants, and individuals is raise the other two thirds um, to give out the whole, the whole amount of money, which is about uh, an average of $450,000 a year okay. and scholarship dollars. Okay. And and how often are you are guys under a capital campaign right now? We're not. We're You're one not. of the few nonprofits in the okay. area that are not. Okay. So, uh, we But if people want to give back, Oh, absolutely. Uh, right. Absolutely. We have uh, you know, a lot of our um, 
most generous supporters are monthly supporters that mm-hmm. give, give each month or each year. Uh, we do a couple of events a year to fundraise. Uh, we're not coming up in October. We do. Yeah. Yes. Goftoberfest is actually a really fun event. We can talk about in just a second, but what we see is people giving back through United way or giving back, um, uh, on a monthly basis or a yearly basis, we do a couple of, of campaigns. We have online giving as well. But what you see is the buy-in from people that understand the return on investment of, oh my gosh, these people are really working hard and they're coming off government assistance and they want to help themselves and they're going into the workforce. So what I, what the conversation I have with a lot of donors uh, and our development team has a lot of donors is that it's really a ROI. Mm-hmm. You know, you're investing now into a, to a, a, a great scenario in the future. So uh, Goftoberfest is coming up uh, in October as an opportunity. It actually started off as a family event. And that event was uh, a chance for our recipients to to connect with their kiddos. And we do that still. Um, we do movie nights and nights at the pool and Walton Art Center tickets, etc. Because uh, our reci- recipients oftentimes just don't have the spare money to go do those type of fun things. Right. Um, and a partnership with Gator Golf and Spring uh, Fayetteville, excuse me, uh, allowed us to bring our recipients in, and our board members started to attend, and we started to kind of get some sponsors to help pay for food, and then we realized that. We can make it a special event for our recipients, but also make it a special event for the public. And this, uh, the event on average raises about $35,000 wow. uh, for us each year. So uh, it's coming up in October, and uh, you can go on our website, Single Parent Scholarship Fund NWA, to find out the details. Register a team of two or four. We have morning and afternoon flights. Uh, it is set up just like a regular golf tournament, and I say that uh, with a big smile on my face. You can't see me. Uh, we have hole-in-one contest where we actually give away cars, little miniature cars, mm-hmm. uh, for those hole-in-ones. And then we have um, uh, top scoring teams, first, second, and third place. Uh, people are competitive, Randy. They go uh, <laughs> and uh, practice the week before. Right. Uh, some people have requested which hole they start on. Um, it is they bring real golf putters. Yeah. Uh, it is pretty intense. That's so funny. That's uh, funny. we should probably handicap some of those uh, bankers that come out and, oh, and sure. play uh, because uh, some of those kids don't have a chance. But uh, no, we do cook hot dogs and. and hamburgers and just really have a chance to share the mission, but also have a good time raising money. And I think that's important to do is that it doesn't have to be a gala. You know, it doesn't have to be all those things. Uh, you can be on some untraditional things to, to reach out to the community. And that's what I love about our board of directors at single parent scholarship fund is that they're willing to kind of go there with us and find those unique ways to get in, get the community involved and engaged. Because if you, if you much like a new person in the area, if you put your head in the sand and just hope money comes to you. It's not, you know, people have got to connect to a mission, um, to understand it. And, um, we just, we do our best to, to get out in the community, to, to let people know what we do. Um, you know, I've been doing uh, nonprofit work for, for, since college for 20 years almost. And, you know, there's still people that don't understand what we do. They think we may, we may give scholarships to single, um, families, single parent families and their kids or something like that. But, um, there's no amount of money that can truly give us ubiquitous marketing ability, right? There's right. no, no way that'll happen ever. But, uh, everyone that listens or, or, or everyone that listens today can certainly share our story. And I know they know someone that can benefit from our, from our program. 
program. And that the other benefit here is that not only are there resources here in the three-county region of Washington, Carroll, Madison County, and Benton County as well. We have a sister affiliate in Benton County. But every other county in the state of Arkansas uh, has a smaller affiliate to actually help with resources there too. So we can refer and help them uh, with that application process. So uh, if if people are listening uh, across the state, uh, they can certainly benefit from the resources of Single Parent Scholarship Fund of Arkansas as well. Okay. All right. Wow. Well, there you have it, folks. I mean, you've laid it out, Tyler. I mean, there's <laughs> there, there's a lot going on, and, and you guys are really, I mean, you've taken on a yeoman's task and have really, you know, uh, You've, you've really done well with it over the past 35 years. And, and I'm sure it's interesting just to kind of see the arc of your experience with all this. I mean, you got involved at a very young age. Right. And what advice would you give to parents trying to encourage their kids mm. to get involved like this sure. right, at a young age and understand that, you know, it's it's so much better to give than to receive. Right. And it's a hard message to have, especially with young people. And when you're competing against Fortnite and <laughs> Xbox and so many other, right. you know, YouTube and everything else. I mean, what would your one single piece of advice be to parents, especially in terms of encouraging their kids to embrace that that I mean, we I do it at home with my family right. and with my kids, and I, I've explained to them what tithing is all about because we tithe and we 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 under we give back and and we kind of tell his stories, historical perspective stories about other members of our family that have just selflessly given of themselves in a million different ways, right. and how it's come back to benefit them, right? Sure. Because we don't we don't want to make it a necessarily a quid pro quo. You do Correct. this and you get that, right? But it's we still want to educate them. Sure. On the importance of it. I think you've hit the nail on the head already. I think you've answered your own question. Uh, kids witness exactly what their parents are doing. So if you're not walking the walk and talking the talk, uh, it's hard to teach. It's hard to tell them. Uh, you're teaching them by by doing. And um, if you're looking for that opportunity to kind of uh, connect people with connect kids to what and a very cellular level of what um, a philanthropic activity looks like. It doesn't have to be cash. It can be simply going to a food bank and working for an afternoon. It can be um, talking about when a natural disaster hits and how you as a family um, maybe raise some money to to give. Um, talking about tithing is important. Um, talking about um, why um, I, I think being honest with kids too. When you, if you see someone that's homeless on the street, you, you know you see the panhandlers on the street of, of Northwest Arkansas having a conversation of like, you know, I think you, you see people on the street like this. Maybe we should go to Seven Hills Homeless Shelter and see what we can do. Maybe right. we have some socks and some warm clothing and and things that might be a benefit to to, um, to folks that need our help. And I think going alongside them and showing them that um, it is not a scary thing to do. It is uh, something that is uh, so fulfilling and, um, and that's kind of selfish because it, it is fulfilling to, to go and see some of that immediate return. Um, I, 
you know, simply, um, you know, giving school supplies during fill the bus, those type of things are, are just those, those moments and time that, that as a family you can spend together, which I think is so important, uh, because you're always look, you're competing with Fortnite and you're competing with the phone right. and Snapchat and all those things that are, that are out there, um, is that it's a chance to put those things down for both you and the family, because we're all on our phone and our watches and all the time, all those type of things. Um, how do you take a breath and say, we are going to focus on someone else for a minute. And, um, and this is what this means. So, um, lead by example, I think is, is how to summarize that. Okay. There you go. Well, folks, there you have it. The, the awesome Tyler Clark, he's the executive director of single parent scholarship fund. Um, we originally were scheduled to meet at a certain time and I missed that appointment and I felt so bad, but he was kind enough to to still see see me within a, a certain time frame. So I really appreciate him. I appreciate you taking time to kind of just share your heart and, and um, you know, your, your background and your origin story. And I think people are going to want to hear this. So uh, I look forward to getting feedback from those that are that have been impacted by this particular episode and, and what um, it may cause them to do. If nothing else, just bring some more awareness about the single parent scholarship fund. I had no idea. I didn't know anything about it. I right. mean, obviously I know that there are programs and funds sure. here, but I mean, this is, this is one great organization that's doing something cool right in our own backyard. Yeah. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for the opportunity. I really do appreciate it. And for your listeners who are looking to get involved, there's so many ways to volunteer with our organization. We have a couple of, uh, uh, positions through our community leadership council. If you're looking to volunteer to connect your kids to, to some some cool things through our Oktoberfest, um, you know, looking for peer mentors as well. So love to get people involved. Our website is a great resource. Call our office, um, and we'd love to connect you. And the web- website is sp sfnwa.org yeah or just it's also easier to google single parent scholarship fund there you go yeah i know i just i'm using these acronyms and i'm throwing them out there but we will put all of that in the show notes great uh we'll get your email address in the show notes the number for this organization so you can reach out to them they're smack dab right around the corner right off of north college and kind of nestled between north college and greg in in the, the middle of fayetteville and so definitely i would encourage you to reach out to tyler if there's any way that you can help him or the organization even not not necessarily you don't have to give any money maybe you could just help of giving some of your time it's not always about money and so uh certainly want to encourage you to do that uh, but the money helps so so if, they, if you do have some we'll we'll, we'll, we'll take we'll, it and we'll, ambassadors are important too randy I yeah mean, absolutely sh- sharing social media is so impactful because you never know who you're going to impact yeah well we we certainly are are following you guys online and we're going to continue to share out what you're doing and um we'll make this this episode will come out well in advance of the golftoberfest and, and we will certainly push out as much of that as we can and and let people make uh create some more awareness that's great yeah so thank you so much it was a pleasure that. thank you so much good well folks there you have it tyler clark single parent scholarship fund of northwest arkansas another great episode with an another another amazing individual here in northwest arkansas i gotta say i'm just blown away Every time I sit down with somebody new, I, I'm not. I'm never expecting that I won't be excited about the the conversation. But as I sit back here and as I'm listening to and going in my head, all the things that that Tyler just shared today, I can't wait to get this out and share it with everybody because this is good information. And so, um, I hope that uh, that you're taking time out to listen to this podcast. I understand that not every episode is going to be up your alley, but I, I, my goal is to make 
more often than not that there'll be episodes that really relate to you in some way, shape or form. And that's why we're focused on the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship and life here in the Ozarks. And um, I, I'm really appreciative of, of the time that, that Tyler spent with us today. And I hope our listening audience enjoyed it as well. Please check us out. You can find us anywhere that great podcasts can be found. You can also write a review about the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast and share it on, on uh, Apple Podcasts or anywhere that you can listen to a podcast. You have the ability to review that podcast and give us your feedback. We love to get five-star reviews. We love to get feedback. We want to consistently improve this podcast so that it is valuable to the end user. And that's you. So whether you're out on the run, on the Razorback Trail, riding your bike, whatever you're doing, and you're listening to this podcast, we appreciate you. And we want to continue to bring you great content like this episode today with Tyler. So that's all we have for this week. We will see you next week. That's it for right now. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn. And thanks again for listening to I Am Northwest Arkansas. We'll see you soon. hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Check us out each and every week, available anywhere that great podcasts can be found. For show notes or more information on becoming a guest, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. We'll see you next week on I Am Northwest Arkansas.